I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to Stepping Up, the podcast where we explore all things organisation, mental health, routines, personal development, motherhood and health. I'm your host, Steph Pace, and I'm the woman behind Just Another Mummy blog and also the founder of Steph Pace Planners. But I can assure you this is not just another podcast. Online, I'm known for my organisation tips and tricks and the occasional banter, but it definitely wasn't always this way. I used to be a hot mess and occasionally still am, and I'm here as your honest and real friend each week to show you how I turn my life of chaos into clarity. Between the house, health, kids, work and wanting to be the best version of yourself, it can be overwhelming and I'm here to give you the tools and tips to stop you feeling like a slave to your daily tasks, home, life and especially the expectations you have on yourself. Join me as I share my journey and insights into the art of balancing it all and speak to guests who can help us all live a better life. Whether you're looking to streamline your daily routines, boost your well-being, achieve your fitness goals, dive into personal development, or find inspiration to step up into the best version of yourself, we've got you. So are you ready to step up your game? Let's go. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Stepping Up. I am so excited for today's episode because we are going to be creating your perfect routine for 2024. Now, I know this task itself can seem very overwhelming, like where do you even start to create that perfect routine? So I'm going to be literally guiding you through every step of the way in this episode to really break it down and create your personalized perfect routine. Now, our daily routine is so important and I'm sure many of you guys know this already, but our daily routines are so incredibly important and obviously I love a good routine, it's me. (laughs) I love all those things. But again, it's not about being perfect. It's not about, you know, ticking all the boxes or having the best morning routine to pop on TikTok. It's honestly about being able to keep up with your own life and the day-to-day tasks that come our way. And if you're someone who is sick of feeling overwhelmed every single day, you feel as though you don't have your routine down pat, you feel like a bit like a hot mess, then this episode is for you. Now, in this episode, I want to be taking you through the eight steps to creating your perfect routine. And this episode is literally going to be your step-by-step guide. It's going to uncover what's working and what's not in your daily life and routine. It's going to uncover your pain points and things that you really struggle with. And it's also going to help guide you to integrate your new goals and habits into your new daily routine, whilst also making sure you're scheduling in time for rest. And of course, our routines as we grow and evolve and as our lives change are going to change over time. And the last step in this episode is also about that. So you know when to pivot and change and also review your routines as you go along. Because at the end of the day, things aren't always going to work. The routines that maybe you did two years ago, they're not going to suit your life now. And that's really, really important to remember. And having that perfect routine, again, isn't about being ridiculously productive. It's not about making sure you're showing up to work on time or to going to all the kids' appointments and things that they have to do after school. It's about being able to be consistently on top of all the things so they don't snowball into bigger issues like I mentioned in the last episode. Now, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, this is a little mini series I'm doing for the start of this year and it's called the 2024 Reset Roadmap. And last week we talked about all things goals and intentions and why resolutions don't tend to work and how you can actually make yours work for you. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode, I really recommend going back and doing that first and then coming to this episode because they all work together. This mini series, the 2024 Reset Roadmap, is honestly your step-by-step guide 
into having the best year ever. Now, you might ask, where do I even start? Like, where do I even figure out what parts of my routine now aren't working? What do I change? Like, where do I even begin? And the task itself does seem huge. It's just like when you want to clean the house or declutter the house, like I've said before, we always focus on the whole house. So this is why I've broken this up into eight really easy steps that you can do. And I've also got that free workbook for you guys in the show notes that you can download and fill out and do this as we go along. All right, so step one in creating your perfect routine is review your current routine. Again, like I mentioned last week, having that reflection on your life. Last week, it was more so goals and where you want to be, but this week is all about the reflection on your current routine and what parts of the week aren't so good. So the first question I always ask myself before I'm creating a new routine, and I do tend to create new routines throughout the year as my life changes because we're ever evolving and our life is ever evolving. So these are the questions I ask myself. The first thing I do is I write down in detail my standard daily routine. I want you to write it down in such detail. So what time you usually wake up and even write down, like I wake up and go on my phone and scroll on Instagram for an hour. Like I want you to write that down because the more aware of your habits and routine that you're doing that you might not even be aware of, the easier it's going to be for you to see where maybe things aren't going right for you. So I want you to write down, woke up at I know, six, scrolled on Instagram for an hour, tried to get the kids ready. Bloody Johnny was jumping out the window. I was trying to get their clothes on. I hadn't done their lunches yet. I was running around. The dog got out the front, had to run down the street to get the dog, got the dog back in, had a fight with the kids to get them in the car, got them to school 10 minutes late, came back, got myself ready. And then I was late for work, like things like that. I want you to be really, really honest and don't glamorize it. The more you glamorize this part, the less it's going to help you. Now, after you've written that down, I want you to write down what parts of this routine aren't working. So speaking what I just said then was number one, I'm waking up and scrolling on social media. The implications of that are it's not going to make me feel very good mentally. It's not really productive for me, especially in the morning when you have children and things like that doesn't really help. And I'm all about having time for yourself, but we're going to get to that later. The other thing was the kids' lunches weren't made. Everyone was very stressed and you can see how it kind of rolls into the day. And we all know what it's like when you have a bad morning. It tends to turn into a bad day. And that's just because you've gotten off on the wrong foot. So I want you to really write down what parts of this routine aren't working for me. And I want you to make sure you go through every little thing. And now I want you to kind of look at the weekly routine as a whole. So the next question is, how is my current weekly routine? How am I finding balance throughout the week and within the different areas of my life? So when you really zoom out on your whole week, you can really then focus on, okay, there's work days if you're working, there's family days, there's days where you're more so running around doing admin or cleaning up the house, things like that. And I want you to really look at it as a whole and then be like, is there balance here for the season that I'm in? And also, is there time for myself? So I want you to write that down. Because for me, when I actually did this and I started doing this review years ago, And it was really confronting at first because it made me realize how much I was neglecting other areas of my life, such as, you know, health, having proper family time and having proper downtime were the biggest ones for me, I realized. And I feel, feel like that's a very common thing amongst society these days. Like we're all just so busy that we neglect so many parts of ourselves. And until you sit down and review your life and your routine, you don't realize it's happening until it gets out of hand. So once you've done that, I want you to write down what areas of my week or day feel the most stressful. 
So for me personally, a while back, I used to find Mondays really, really stressful. And that's because there's a lot of people coming at me. There's a lot of emails happening, trying to get on top of the week. So my resolution for that became my Sunday reset. When I'd sit down with my planner, I'd plan out the week and then I'd wake up and I know what I have on and I don't feel like I'm going in blind, which therefore, you know, really makes us feel anxious. So if you're able to pinpoint the areas of your week and areas of your day down to literally like the half hour segment or the part. So it could be like school pickup, which we all know is a shit show. It could be dinner time, which again is really, really hard. And then you really want to like brainstorm on how to make those things easier. And this is something I'm going to be getting into in this episode. Because at the end of the day, guys, like we don't have to live like this. Yes, life does get stressful and we can't stop that. We can't stop the outside factors from happening. But you can think of your future self, which is, you know, I preach this so, so much which is why I have my non-negotiable AM and PM routines because I'm thinking of my future self. And when I say that, it means like, you know, the night before, if I don't clean up the kitchen, look at my planner, lay my gym clothes out, future Steph's going to be pretty stressed out. And she's not going to be happy that the kitchen's a shit show. She's not going to be happy that I don't know what's on that day because it makes me anxious and things like that. So it really is a flow on effect. So really focus on those parts of your week and day that makes you the most stressed. Now, the next question is, what can I do to improve this? Like I said, being proactive in your life, not just sitting in the passenger seat and letting all the things happen to you. You know, being one step ahead all the time really, really helps. And again, I don't want you guys to feel like you're a robot, but this is why I'm so passionate about this subject because I know I really do get it. We're all just overwhelmed. And the more we can plan out our days and have structure, and again, you guys know, you guys know your brain loves structure. I did a whole episode on mental health and routines, literally. It is so important to have that structure for not only for you, but also your family and your children. We all know what it's like when our kids are out of routine. They turn into little shitheads. <laughs> and we also turn into shitheads when we're out of routine and we're out of what's familiar. You know, now we're in the unit. The girls here are just like, they're absolutely losing their shit. I even said on Instagram the other week, I wrote, has anyone else's kids possessed by a devil or something because I need a priest or something. <laughs> I need help right now. And it's honestly because their home has changed. Therefore, their routine has changed and they're feeling out of sorts. Our brain loves things that are familiar because it knows what to expect. And now the last question is, where do I fit in health and self-care into my current schedule? And we're going to be getting into that later, but I kind of want you to have this all written out so you can refer back to it. These steps are done in this certain sequence for a reason. <laughs> so just hang in there with me. All right, so now we've reviewed your current routine. We've seen what's working, what's not working, what are the most stressful parts of the day. And we've also brainstormed some possible solutions to that. So the next step is create your non-negotiables list. Now, you guys would have heard me talk about this before. I've talked about it on the organization episode. I think it was number two and the life organization episode, which is a really, really good one and also really ties into this too. So I do recommend listening to that. But your non-negotiables list is a list of all the things you need to do each day and each week. There's a few ways you can make this non-negotiables list less overwhelming to create. You can either go back through your planner and see the tasks you tend to write every week. You can also literally write out Monday to Sunday and then write down the tasks you have to do under each day. And I want you to brainstorm literally all the tasks, things like work, cleaning, cooking, taking the kids to school, groceries, like everything. And then I also, once you've done this list, and I know it can make you feel a little bit overwhelmed at first, but once you've done this list, I want you to go through each task and then just ask yourself, can I outsource this? So possibly hire a cleaner once a fortnight, once a month, 
Or with groceries, can I get groceries online and saves me time? Or can I delegate this by, you know, sitting down with your partner or roommate or whoever and then discuss who can take these tasks on? You know, I do this in my business as well. It's so important to learn when you can delegate and outsource. And I know not everyone is in the position to get a cleaner and things like that. But doing things like online grocery shopping, yes, you're not necessarily saving money. Actually, you are because I find when I go grocery shopping, I buy the most random shit that I don't even eat. (laughs) Especially when you're hungry. We all know don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. But by, you know, sitting down and thinking outside the box and even delegating to other people that could possibly do it. Like if there's a certain day that your partner or someone can do a pickup or drop off for the kids, it could be their grandparents, it could be a friend, anyone. Just really think outside the box with this. So yes, anything you can delegate or outsource, please do that. And that's going to help you share the load. All right. So now we've got your two lists. We've got your routine review and we've also got your non-negotiables list. Now, at the bottom of your non-negotiables list, which is also in the free download workbook, I want you, and again, you don't have to write this out, but if you are in the car and you're just thinking, I think even just going through these things in your head, like the questions I'm asking you right now, is really going to get your brain ticking. So then you can go home tonight and sit down with your family and partner and just get your new routine sorted. So... At the bottom of your non-negotiables list, I want you to start a new list called Habits. And in the last episode, we talked about your goals for 2024. And again, please listen to this because it's very important. And I talk about why so many resolutions fail and how to create realistic goals and how to structure them into your year using this really special framework that I use. Now, what we want to do with these goals is we want to backward engineer from them. So you want to extract the habits needed to achieve these goals. So some examples, which I also gave in the last episode, but I'm going to do a really quick recap in case you forgot, is, you know, a lot of people put the goal, get fit. It's too broad. So what you want to do is break it down. So instead of saying get fit, it could say, I want to hit 8K steps a day. So for you to be able to achieve 8K steps a day, what habits do you need to adapt to and actually put into your life? So for that one specifically, it would be going for a walk each day or maybe getting yourself a walking pad and watching a movie at the same time. Or for me, when I'm in a meeting, I like to grab my phone and go walk around the house. Now, for that daily walk, where are you going to fit that in? That's what you need to start thinking about. And another one might be eat healthy. Again, it's too broad, so it could be eat protein with every meal. So for that habit and that goal you want to achieve, you want to meal plan. And again, you want to put that meal planning habit into your schedule. And one that has nothing to do with health, just to help you guys out even more. I love examples because it really helps me personally. My goal has always been switching off from work and my specific habits from this goal, again, that's too broad. So the specific goals from this are journaling in the evenings because that helps me switch off and having Fridays off. So those are really specific goals that I can actually put into my life. So for me to achieve Fridays off, I need to backward engineer this. So what do I need to do to be able to have Fridays off? For me, it's more process in place for my staff so they can go somewhere else for answers to questions, more staff meetings throughout the week so I can answer all their questions as well. And then for me to also look at my current work week and see how I can make it more effective, which means delegating more tasks. So then what I would do is write down my current non-negotiables list and work through each one and delegate, just like I said. So you can kind of see how we're backward engineering from the goal itself and then actually having these steps to pop into your life. Now, remember in the first episode, I want you to stagger your goals. That's the special framework I do. I divide the year up into four stages or phases. 
And depending on how big the goals are, like some of the goals can be repeated through each phase. But this is really important because if you're staggering new habits and new routines, it's not going to overwhelm you. Because if you're trying to do all these things at once, it's such an abundance of new habits. And this is where we get overwhelmed. So that's just a little side note and a reason why you need to listen to last week's episode. All right, step four, this is plan the structure of your week. Now you have your non-negotiables list and your habits. We are going to build out your weekly routine. And I have that special template for you guys in the workbook, but grab your planner or the template. And I want you to allocate the tasks in your non-negotiables list to a segment of time. So for example, emails. Emails is a task I do have to do every day. And I did find for me personally, I was on there consistently, like all day I'd be on there. As soon as a new email popped up, I'd write back and it kept stopping me from doing what I had to do. So now what I do is I allocated the task of emails twice a day. So 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. So therefore I'm checking them at the start of the day and at the end of the day. Because let's be honest, no, I'm not saving lives. They don't need me to reply straight away, even though we feel like it. And this is a really important thing to think about. And I do have a really good productivity episode coming up too, which I delve into this even more. And the amazing thing about this is by me allocating the task of emails twice a day in these two slots of time, I'm A, not wasting my time multitasking and being distracted, which in turn saves me time, and B, the ritual of the 5pm email check is the last thing I do before finishing work. So it becomes a bit of a ritual, like a bit of a closed down habit for me. Another example of allocating your non-negotiables to a segment of time is groceries. Now, I used to do groceries on a Sunday, but I always felt like Sundays is a family day and I just want to be able to be with them. And I do love my Sunday resets, but now I do my house resets over like three days. So now I change my grocery time to Fridays. So now on Fridays at 5 p.m., Ryan and I will sit down and we'll meal plan and we'll order the groceries online. And it ticks off two goals, which is eating healthy and having more family time and also saving money that we would normally waste by not meal planning. So therefore, we're literally hitting so many birds with one stone. You know, I'm gaining back that time on a Sunday. I'm also able to sit down with Ryan and meal plan. And I'm also able to save the money and also eat healthy. So there's so many wins. And that also relates to cleaning. I know cleaning kind of seems like an ongoing task because it is, But again, in my Life Organization 101 episode, I talked about having a cleaning schedule and how before I had the kids, I would literally spend my whole weekend cleaning. It's so shit. We don't want to do that. We want to enjoy ourselves. So what I love to do is allocate a zone of the house per day during the week. So say, for example, you could do Mondays is lounge room, Tuesdays is kitchen, Wednesdays is bedroom, and you actually allocate that and literally... As you get used to it and go along, the time it takes to do the cleaning for that zone, it gets so much faster because you're keeping on top of it. So I want you to really think about that as well. Now, I will be going into these next few points in the productivity episode, but I do want to touch on the fact I want you to work with your body, not against it. And what I mean by that is, you know, we all have a chronotype. So a chronotype is your sleep profile. So what I mean by that is, you know, we tend to be like early birds or night owls, and this is like that, but there's four. Now, I won't be going into too much depth in this, but basically there is your lion, which is an early riser, which is myself, and I do my best work early in the morning. And then there's the bear, which is majority of the population and also is Ryan. And they are someone that is a really good sleeper. They can pass out anywhere, but they also do their best work at late morning. And then there's a dolphin, 
which is usually those people that have really bad sleep issues and they work better in the afternoons. And then you have your wolf. So your wolves are your night owls and they do their best work at night. So you can see everybody's really different. And for me personally, again, like I work my best in the morning. So I schedule any deep work before lunch because after lunch, I don't even know my name. I don't know what's happening. So that's what I like to do. So you really want to work with your body, not against it. And this doesn't just relate to people who are are working. This is also if you are a stay-at-home mum, allocate the times a day where you feel your best to, you know, do your cleaning schedule or run your errands or do things for the kids. Like really work with your body, not against it. The other thing is about batching tasks. So I want you to start grouping together similar tasks on the days that work best for you. So for example, admin work or emails is more of a logical part of the brain. So I like to allocate that after lunch again, when I don't have to think too much. But the days where I need to be more creative, I try to batch all those tasks into that day. Because when you're trying to switch your brain into different activities, especially different types of activities, like the logical to the creative, it takes your brain at least half an hour to switch over. And it gives you whiplash. It really does. So try to batch like items and like tasks together. And of course, multitasking is a no-go. And when you're trying to do multiple things at once, you're not going to be the most productive it's going to stress you the hell out and you're not going to do your best work. All right, just a quick recap because I know this has already been a few steps. So we've reviewed your current routine. We've created your non-negotiables list. We've used your goals to create your habit list. And now we've planned the structure of your week in terms of your important tasks, your non-negotiables. Now, step five. Now, this is all about scheduling in your new habits that all relate to your goals, which we already talked about. And as you guys know from last week's episode, If you don't backward engineer your goals into habits and then slot that into your life, you are very, very likely not to achieve your goals. It's so, so important. And of course, your girl has got some stats and some science so you can see how important habits are and also how important planning is. There's some really, really cool things I found here. So I also really recommend you guys read the Atomic Habits book by James Clear, which he covers a lot of this stuff. It's incredible. So research has shown that you are two to three times more likely to stick with your habits if you make a specific plan for when, where, and how you will perform the behavior. For example, in one study, scientists asked people to fill out this sentence, during the next week, I will partake in at least 20 minutes of vigorous exercise on day, at time of day, and at place. So they actually had to write down the day, the time, and where they're going to exercise And then the researchers found that people who filled out this sentence were two to three times more likely to actually exercise. Now, this is a really cool experiment they did. I really love this and I'm really excited to share this with you. So in 2001, researchers in Great Britain began working with 248 people to build better exercise habits over the course of two weeks. The subjects were divided into three groups. So the first group was the control group and they were asked to simply track how often they exercise. That's all they were asked. The second group was the motivation group. They were asked not only to track their workouts, but also to read some materials on the benefits of exercise. So the researchers also explained to the group how exercise could reduce the risk of heart attack and improve heart health. Now, the third group, these subjects received the same presentation as the second group, which was that motivation group, which ensured that they had equal levels of motivation. However, they were also asked to create a plan for when and where they would exercise over the following week. Now, in the first and second groups, 35 to 38% of people exercised at least once per week. And interestingly, the motivational presentation given to the second group didn't really make an impact. (laughs) 
but 91% of the third group, the group that had to plan, exercise more than double the rate of the other groups. This is because they had a plan in place. And there is a quote I absolutely love, and that is by Dwight Eisenhower, which he says, plans are nothing, planning is everything. Isn't that just so powerful? Like you always plan to do things, but it never happens. But when you actually are planning it into your week and your day and attaching it to a segment of time, that's when the magic happens, honestly. Now that you know all the science and why this is so important, I want you to slot in the new habits that you've decided to do. You know, maybe one of your goals is to do more reading. And I know a lot of us feel like you just don't have the time. But one thing I started doing was I started bringing my book to the kids after school sports and appointments and things like that. And again, I have a Kindle now, which I love because it fits in my little handbag. So I take my Kindle and any moment of the day where I'm just like waiting around for something, maybe it's an appointment or waiting for the kids at school or like after school sports, I will read instead of scrolling. So you're managing to read more and it's also really good for your mental health. And another habit with reading for me personally is I started slotting and reading at 8 p.m., which ticks off the reading goal. And it also ensures I'm off my phone at this time, which also ticks off the boxes for reducing phone time and also learning to switch off from work and rest. So really allocating that time. And it also comes full circle for so many of these habits. Some other ones are, you know, more steps. So walking meetings, walking to school, scheduling in a workout, eating better, which we said is like meal planning and buying groceries and meal prepping. So there's just so many ways you guys can do this. Now, you've heard me talk about habit stacking before. And again, it's so, so important because habit stacking is a really effective strategy for building new habits because it builds off existing habits, which are already neural networks in our brain. They're so ingrained in our brain. So the licensed psychologist, Melissa Foynes, sorry if I said her name wrong, she says, when you identify a daily actional habit you already engage in and then add in a new habit before or after the existing habit, rather than strengthening an entirely new neural network, you're capitalizing on a structure and cycle that already exists in your brain. And I've given you guys this example a million times. I want to say it again, just like when you want to start using your planner. If you're having your coffee in the morning, something you do every single day, grab your planner and do that at the same time or before or after. Again, your habit stacking with a habit, which is the coffee, and putting that in with a new habit. I really hope that helped you guys. For me, you guys know I need to see proof of things before I actually do it. <laughs> All right, moving on to step six. And now this is really important. So schedule in peaceful pockets. So this is pockets of self-care and rest. I don't want you getting out your planner or this template and filling it to the brim. And yes, it might feel quite full, but the tasks themselves are going to be really healthy habits and really good for you. But I don't want you feeling like you have to be doing something every second of the day. You really do need to have blank spaces for you, for flexibility, for change and for rest. And I actually want you to schedule in rest as a task itself. And did you know there's actually different types of rest? So there's actually seven types. There's physical rest, which is passive rest, such as sleeping or active rest, such as stretching. There's mental rest, which is scheduling in short breaks throughout the day and keeping a journal. So, you know, when you're like at work or you're doing something really intensely for a few hours and your brain is just so exhausted, that's when it's really important to have those little breaks in between. And I really love the Pomodoro method for that, which I will talk about in the productivity episode. The next one is sensory rest, which we all need, which is unplugging from your phone or computer and social media. And we all know what it's like when we just get so used to being online and available all the time. And this really made me realize how much sensory overload I had when I went on that health retreat. 
that was off the grid. It felt super uncomfortable at first, but once I had a couple of days, I felt so incredibly rested on a different level. It's just like our kids, like when our kids have too much iPad time, they go insane. They turn into psycho people (laughs) and that's because they're just so overloaded. The next type of rest is spiritual, which is engaging in something bigger than yourself. So getting involved in the community or even meditation. So for me, I love meditation. It really, really helps. And it helps you kind of think of the bigger picture as well. And, you know, I'm not necessarily a religious person, but I think spiritual rest is literally important for everybody. The next one is social rest. And I always thought this meant like not seeing people, not catching up with friends, but this actually means surrounding yourself with positive people And those people that you can be fully yourself with, you know what it's like when you have that friend and you can just be completely yourself and maybe you are tired from the working week, but just spending time with them really helps fill up your cup. And this again is something that is one of my goals for this year because I definitely have not been allocating social rest and being with those people that I love and adore because I'm definitely out of balance with them. If you've been following along this journey, you'll know how much organization has changed my life. I was and still am a hot mess and honestly, without my planner by my side, nothing would get done. I spent years creating these planners. They have sections for monthly reflections, intention setting, resets, challenges, meal planning, cleaning schedules, budgeting, and my secret page to make sure you can balance it all. As a thank you for listening to my podcast, I want to give you your own exclusive discount code, STEFFINGUP, for 15% off any products over at Steph Pace Planners. So if you're ready to take back control of your life and get on top of your to-do list, head to stephpaceplanners.com.au and use the code STEFFINGUP for your discount today. Now let's get back to the episode. But, all right, so the second last one is emotional rest, which is having space to safely and freely express your emotions. And this is so, so important. I feel like if you're not able to express how you're feeling on a regular basis, it really does bottle up and it can turn into something else, especially in relationships. Like if you're not able to sit down, talk to your partner about how you're feeling, so then at least they can understand that maybe why you're acting a certain way, then, you know, that resentment can build up. And this is such an important thing. And Ryan and I are very big on communication. I'm very open with him. He can tell straight away when I'm dysregulated. And I think that's a really important trait to have as a partner and skill to have as a partner is to know when each other is emotionally dysregulated. And it's so often, especially when you are a parent, you know, we have all these emotions and our children can bring out a lot of anger in us, like that we have to just bottle up and it's not healthy for us. So it is good if you can sit down with someone you trust and love, such as your partner or family or friend or anyone or a therapist and just let it out. Just let it all out. Honestly, it's just as good as journaling. I still recommend journaling though, but honestly, it is incredible. Okay, the last type of rest is creative. Now, this is about enjoying the beauty of nature and being outdoors. And it really does give you that space for your best ideas. It doesn't have to do with work. You can literally come up with the solutions to your current issues in your routine and life. Like you literally have that space for your brain just to be. And then you just come up with the best stuff. Like, again, I keep talking about the health retreat, but when I went on the health retreat, I spent the most time in nature that I ever had in a long, long time, probably since I was a kid. I used to always love being outside when I was a kid. And there's something about being outside that really just helps regulate us as humans. And there's actually science in that. I wish I looked up the stats now, but there is so much science in being outside and how much it helps regulate us. So get outside more, go for a walk, take the kids for a walk, go to the park, just give yourself a minute, you know? 
And I really want to stress that rest shouldn't be seen as indulgent or lazy, but seen as like basic maintenance as a human. Just like how we take our cars in for a service, you know, you book it in, you get everything sorted, check the oil or whatever it is, (laughs) you get it done. By combining all these types of rest for ourselves, that's how we service ourselves on so many different levels. And as I've said before, imagine if you were only given one car to last you your whole life, would you look after it? Absolutely you would. You would get it serviced on time. You would be gentle with it. You'd be kind to it. You'd clean it. We get this one body and the one brain and this one life, but we don't tend to look after it very well. So I really want you to sit with that. All right, now step seven, you might have covered this in planning out your routine already, but I really want you to focus on these parts. And this is focusing on your morning and night routines. And this is where you're setting yourself up for your day ahead and also setting yourself up the night before for the next day. It's thinking of your future self. So I want you to answer these few questions. How is my current morning routine? How does my current morning routine make me feel? What isn't working with my current morning routine? And I want you to write down your ideal morning routine. Now, knowing that, I want you to go back into your plan and adjust where you need it because I can go on all day about how important this is, but setting yourself up for the day ahead, not only physically by getting everything ready, but also mentally and emotionally. And then I want you to do the same thing for your night routine. Ask yourself those exact same questions. What's my current night routine look like? I know for us, we had a very long time where when the kids got a bit older, it was just havoc was breaking loose. It was insane. Like we weren't fully prepared for after school sports and things like that. And then we had to do their homework. There was all these new tasks added in. And I really had to sit down with Ryan and be like, this isn't working. What can we do? So now a lot of the time when we pick up the kids from school, if they don't have anywhere to go after that, I literally will throw them in the bath. So at least they're clean. Cause I don't know about your kids, but my kids take forever for that. So I started changing our routine. I start cooking dinner at four because then it's ready by five. Then the kids are bathed and fed by like five or six o'clock. Perfect. Because they take forever to decompress after the day. And I get it. I get it. So things like that, I want you to really dissect your morning and nighttime routine to work for you. I actually have non-negotiables for my AM and PM routine. I've talked about this before. But so for example, my night routine, I always like to think to myself, what am I doing that's not helping me for the next day? Like how do I want my morning to run? So my PM non-negotiables are checking my planner for the next day so I don't wake up stressed out. You know, what can I prep ahead of time? For me, I lay out my gym outfit and I love having my breakfast prepped. I used to always do overnight oats. I'm obsessed with that recipe. It's so, so easy. And also having the kids' lunches done. So things like that, that's going to make your morning run so much smoother. And the less you have to think about each morning, the better. Because we honestly do as humans, we get so much decision fatigue. There's so many micro decisions and things we have to do every day. We get so mentally exhausted. The last few things I do in the PM are things like quickly tidying up the lounge room, doing the dishes, cleaning up the kitchen again. And I share this with Ryan and we do like to tag team a little bit. If one of us is tidying up from all the mess after school, the other one can be bathing the kids. Again, if you're by yourself, which I am sometimes as well, you just got to figure out what works for you. Now your morning routine. The biggest thing I ever did for this was not going on my phone the first thing in the morning. Again, you're checking out of your own life and into someone else's life. Instead, I journal. So the things I love to journal about in the morning is generally how I'm feeling, but I also like to write about the day as if it's already happened and my ideal day. And it really does help you set the tone for the whole day and it makes you a lot more intentional in how you're showing up. So that's a really amazing one. And also don't be scared to try different things. Like I used to go to the gym really early in the morning before the kids got up, but then there were certain days, you guys know I'm a lion with the chronotype. So I decided on my really big, deep work days, 
I would get up earlier and work and then get the kids up, take them to school and then go to the gym because I found I was actually working better earlier on and then I felt heaps better for the rest of the day. So don't be scared to change it up. Now, the final step in all of this is communicate and share your new routine with your family, your partner, whoever it is, and overcome any roadblocks together. And then with this, I want you to be conducting a regular life review. So I spoke about this years and years ago, but basically I started doing this mid-year review with Ryan and now I do like to do it more often because you think about it with business, you do your quarterly reviews, you do your financial year reviews and you talk about what's working, what's not working. And then you adjust to make the business run more smoothly, but we never do that with our own lives. And you know, our lives are obviously the most important thing. You know, our home life, should be more important than business. So why wouldn't we sit down and review our lives and how our home life is structured? So I want you to make sure you're doing that. So obviously sit down with your partner, show them your routine, delegate, outsource, do what you can, but also making sure that you're regularly, every three months or six months, you're sitting down and having a review. So in this review, Ryan and I, what we like to do is we talk about what's working well, And it's good to talk about what is working well because it's good to focus on the positive and your teamwork. And then how do you both feel about your weekly tasks and schedules? And then what parts of our routine and work aren't working? So this is very, very similar to our step one of our review of our current routines, but this is more as a joint effort as a family or if you're in a house with roommates, it's really, really good. And then what parts of our home life aren't working, such as the cleaning or the groceries and things like that? And then what can we do differently to change this? And this is really going to help you review your routine, but also as a family unit. And again, it is. It's so, so important. We do all these efforts and meetings for our businesses, but we don't do it for ourselves and our lives. And that is just more important if you ask me. So there you have it. Those are the eight steps in creating your perfect routine. Now, to give you a quick recap, step one was review your current routine. Step two was create your non-negotiables list. Step three was use your goals to create your habit list. Number four, plan the structure of your week. Five, schedule in these new habits. Six, schedule in rest and pockets of peace. And that's where we spoke about the seven types of rest and why that's important. Seven, focus on your AM and PM routine and those non-negotiables to make your future self very, very happy. (laughs) And the last step was communicate and have regular life reviews. So honestly, guys, being able to unpack this about your lives is so, so powerful and it really is going to change the game for you. It's going to be life-changing. And I think it's important to know these steps because, again, in the past, I've tried to do this and it just never worked and I never knew where to start. And this is why I have this certain process that I do. And I'm just so, so excited for you to have this free workbook that you can download and fill it out and really just step into this year feeling like you're not on that hamster wheel anymore, that you've decided to jump off that bloody wheel, you're taking charge, you're taking control, and you're going to be proactive in your life. You're no longer going to be in the passenger seat of your own life. You're done. And this is the starting point for you. I hope you enjoyed. Send me pictures of you guys doing your workbooks or if you have a notepad and you're doing it in there, or maybe you are just starting your habits, you're going for a walk and you're doing you know, meal planning, please, please send me a photo and tag me. I absolutely love to see it. It lights up my life. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to next week's episode on productivity hacks. It's going to be life-changing, honestly. I feel like I say that about every episode, but it honestly is. <laughs> Anyways, guys, love you and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode of Stepping Up. I don't want this to be just another podcast you listen to, get inspiration, and then you don't take action. If there's been something in this episode that will help you step up into the best version of yourself, open up your notes app or your trusted planner and make a plan. 
And if you love listening to today's episode, please take a screenshot and show me where you're listening from. I absolutely love seeing it. Make sure you tag Stepping Up and Just Another Mummy Blog. And make sure you subscribe because you won't want to miss what's coming up next week.